Esther. Uh, the book of Esther, just uh, find uh, Job and go left in your Bible. Uh, Psalms, Job, to the left, uh, you'll find the book of Esther. Uh, one of the reasons why I had to give you directions to the book of Esther is because for most of you, uh, you've probably not really ever heard a Bible message preached from the book of Esther. Uh, I have uh, in my life heard um, one uh, message uh, and, uh, years and years ago from it. And part of the reason that that's the case is because it's a very strange book in the Bible. It is the only book in the Bible where God is not mentioned. Uh, and, and I'm going to point out a couple of things as we, I'm going to give you a summary of it uh, here in just a moment. I'm going to read a text. I'll, I'll give a summary running up to where our text was. I'm going to make two applications today. It is Missions Emphasis Month, and I'm going to have plenty of time myself to preach on missions, uh, but, uh, but I just really feel like uh, I need to touch on some things from this passage of Scripture uh, today as well. And you've, uh, you'll see here in a moment as I read the text, uh, you'll hear a phrase, and that, around that one phrase uh, is probably, if you have heard a message about Esther, uh, the only other thing, you, you, maybe if you watch VeggieTales, um, you know, uh, and, uh, and by the way, it's the only one where Bob the Tomato um, never makes an appearance. Uh, and, uh, and so put that out there for you uh, as well. Uh, but uh, so you probably heard maybe one message in your life, maybe, uh, from the book of Esther, uh, and you've watched Veggie Tales, and that's about it. I'd like to invite you to stand with me as I read just a few verses from chapter number four. I'm going to make two applications. One is a personal application for you today, uh, and we're going to make a political application as well. And uh, we're running up on the election, uh, and uh, everybody's got opinions and about uh, all of that. And, uh, and it's just a very polarizing time. Uh, there are people that you know and love and care for, and uh, perhaps they're not even talking to you, or you're not talking to them. And I think that's a shame. And, uh, and uh, my, uh, I've got family members who are uh, on the polar opposite of me uh, in regards to all this different stuff. And, and so I just kind of, uh, I kid with them a lot about things, and, uh, and I kind of treat it like, uh, like a Viking packer, uh, type of a thing, but like, but it really means something, <laughs> and uh, uh, so we'll joke about it. Uh, and uh, so I don't want to make light of that tension, but I do want to um, to show you something from this passage of scripture that I think you can apply uh, in a very direct way to um, our election uh, this year. We we'll begin reading in verse number 10 of chapter number 4. The Bible says, Again, Esther spake unto Hatach and gave him commandment unto Mordecai. All the king's servants, the people of the king's provinces, do know that whatsoever, uh, whether man or woman, shall come unto the king into the inner court who is not called, there is one law of his to put him to death except such to whom the king shall hold, hold out the golden scepter that he may live. But I have not been called to come in uh, unto the king these 30 days. And I'll explain to you in a moment uh, where this is at in the story of Esther. Verse 12, and they told uh, to Mordecai Esther's words. Then Mordecai commanded to answer Esther, Think not with thyself that thou shalt escape in the king's house more than all the Jews. For if thou altogether holdest thy peace at this time, then shall their enlargement and deliverance arise to the Jews from another place. But thou and thy father's house shall be destroyed. And who knoweth whether thou art come to this kingdom for such a time as this. Does that sound familiar? That's a phrase that we often read or hear 
uh, perhaps if you've heard a Bible message uh, on the book of Esther, verse 15. Then Esther bade them return Mordecai this answer, Go gather together all the Jews that are present in Shushan, and fast ye for me, and neither eat nor drink three days, night or day. I also and my maidens will fast likewise, and so will I go in unto the king, which is not according to the law, and if I perish, I perish. So Mordecai went his way and did according to all that Esther had commanded him. This morning, by God's grace, I want to preach a message entitled, Dare to be an Esther? Question mark. All right. Dare to be an Esther with a question mark on that. And let's pray. Heavenly Father, I pray that you bless us today. Speak to us from your word, please. In Jesus' name, uh, amen. You may be seated. Uh, again, Esther is a very strange book in the Bible. If you go back into chapter number one, I'm just going to, I'm not going to preach all these chapters because we're short on time uh, already. But chapter number one basically opens up uh, with uh, Xerxes, Ahasuerus. Uh, we'll just call him Xerxes because that's his name and uh, his other name's hard to say. Uh, and, uh, and it's mentioned quite a bit here in these passages of Scripture. Uh, but it opens up with a description of an enormous party that Xerxes was going to throw, a 180-day party uh, and uh, with 127 provinces uh, that he oversaw, that he was uh, the leader of, obviously. Uh, and, uh, and during this time, all of the people that were in Shushan, uh, the palace, in the palace in Shushan, are involved with this party, all right? Uh, so a lot of things that would take place at a party, uh, and we don't have to go into a lot of the details those were things that were going on at the palace at Shushan for 180 days. And I also want you to understand and know uh, that Esther and Mordecai uh, were people that lived inside that palace. If you're with me, say amen. So he summons, or, uh, Xerxes rather, summons his wife Vashti uh, partway through this party uh, and wants to show her off to all the people that were there. She was a beautiful queen and uh, so just wanted to, uh, you know, um, uh, show, uh, show her off uh, to the people around. It's kind of how like my wife does with me uh, and uh, arm candy uh, and kidding. Uh, and, uh, and so, but Vashti, <laughs> uh, Vashti didn't want to do that. She just said no and she refused the king. So then the politicians that were there uh, said, well, uh, she needs to be banished. Uh, and so she was banished uh, from uh, the, the palace there uh, where we get into uh, chapter number two. Uh, the Xerxes is regretting, he's missing the queen. And the verse, uh, first four verses of chapter number two uh, deal with a plan to find, another, to find a new queen. Uh, and so they basically had a beauty contest. Uh, so they put out all to, to everywhere in the land uh, that the king is going to be choosing a new queen. And it says in verse number five of chapter number two, Now in Shushan the palace there was a certain Jew whose name was Mordecai, the son of Jair, the son of Shimei, the son of Kish, a Benjamite, who had been carried away from Jerusalem with, uh, with the captivity, which had been carried away uh, with uh, Jeconah, king of Judah, uh, whom Nebuchadnezzar, the king of Babylon, had carried away. And the Bible says that he brought up uh, Hadassah, that's Esther. Uh, he brought her uh, to uh, the beauty contest. They were part. They were there. They're in the, the palace. And by the way, they didn't need to be there. Um, they could have, just like many of the other Jews, uh, returned to their 
land, uh, but they instead chose to stay there uh, and serve. And so uh, Mordecai was, a, uh, was part of the Sanhedrin, uh, very, of course, well-versed in the Jewish law, uh, was someone who was a, a, a consultant, if you will, uh, to the king, uh, stayed there and lived there. And there's a message to be preached just about that in the fact when uh, you would remain in a place where you shouldn't be uh, because you have, because you like it. Uh, because you've gotten comfortable, uh, because uh, uh, you had all the food and the, the different things. And uh, you remember even Israel at one point, and man, wish we were back in Egypt. Remember those cukes and, uh, and, uh, and leeks and all the things that uh, we had back there? That was a great time. Uh, and, uh, and you just brought us out here in the desert to die. Uh, and so uh, Mordecai brings Hadassah, uh, in verse number seven, he brought up Hadassah, that is Esther, his uncle's daughter, for she had neither father nor mother, and the maid was fair and beautiful, whom Mordecai, when her father and mother were dead, took her for his own daughter. So she was orphaned, and Mordecai took care of her. Uh, and all this time, they're living in Shushan, the palace, uh, and they've kept the fact uh, that Hadassah was a Jewess uh, from everyone, uh, and, uh, and she was going by the name of Esther. Now, uh, I titled the message, Dare to Be an Esther. Now, we think about Dare to Be a Daniel. Daniel, uh, the, same time, the same time in history, is a completely different book. Daniel purposed not to eat uh, the king's meat, where Esther and Mordecai did. Uh, Daniel, uh, when a law was passed uh, that they couldn't pray, uh, he just prayed anyways, because that's just what he did. And they stood up uh, for what they believed in. And this whole time, Hadassah, Esther, uh, is blending in uh, and doing pretty much the opposite. Uh, not really making it known. Uh, and this secret was kept in, in all the way through, really, uh, the book of Esther till she is revealed uh, later on. Verse number eight of chapter number two. So it came to pass when the king's commandment and decree was heard and when many maidens were gathered together unto Shushan, the palace, to the custody of Haggai, the, uh, uh, that Esther was brought also uh, unto the king's house to the custody of Haggai, keeper of the women. And the maiden pleased him and she obtained kindness of him and he speedily gave her to things for purification, which things as belonged to her and seven maidens, which were meet to be given her out of the king's house and he preferred her and her maids unto the best place, uh, the house of the women. Uh, and uh, and uh, we can stop reading there and uh, to kind of summarize what's going on. For 12 months, uh, there was a process of purification that took place. Uh, and, uh, and during those 12 months, because Esther was fair and beautiful, uh, she had caught the eye uh, of Xerxes, and, and he would come and, and, and check on her, and, uh, and uh, Mordecai, of course, would come by uh, the gates of the palace every day and to inquire as to how, how uh, Esther was doing. Uh, and, uh, and whenever we hear this passage of Scripture taught or whatever we think about it, we often think of this purification time, uh, and we focus on the purity uh, of Esther, if you will, uh, but, but that's not really what's going on. Uh, when you read in chapter number uh, two, this whole process, and uh, in about 10 months in uh, to it, uh, she was brought into the king, uh, and she was brought into the king for the reason you think she was brought into the king. 
uh, and the king liked her. Uh, and uh, the king ends up uh, keeping her uh, as uh, his queen uh, and uh, marries her and whatever. But all of this, so uh, Esther is, she's where she's not supposed to be. Uh, she, is, she is really um, not, this isn't a story about courage. Uh, this is a story about desperation. Uh, and uh, when she's brought to the beauty contest, uh, for uh, to, to be picked potentially uh, to be the queen, uh, it's the opposite. If you think about the song, Dare to Be a Daniel, uh, I wrote some of the lyrics. It says, dare to be a Daniel, dare to stand alone, uh, dare to have a purpose firm, dare to make it known. But what would you sing about Esther? Uh, dare, uh, you know, dare to be an Esther, dare to please the king, wear some makeup, watch your figure, and maybe you'll be queen. <laughs> That's really the story of Esther. Uh, it, wasn't, it wasn't that she was a courageous woman. In fact, when uh, we read here in a moment uh, the challenge of what is taking place, she didn't want to do it. Uh, we recently had a, uh, a three-day refocus fast, and I mentioned that there is an Esther fast, uh, a three-day fast that people would do. Uh, and, uh, and this was, uh, we'll read about this in chapter number three, but in all this fasting, there's no prayer mentioned. God is not mentioned. Uh, and so let's read just a little bit uh, further down. So, uh, so there's time to select a new queen. Uh, Hadassah was brought to the king. She's chosen. Uh, Mordecai frequents the palace checking up on her. And one of the days when he was going to check up on her, he overhears a couple of guys outside of the gate uh, conspiring to kill Xerxes. Uh, and we read about that at the end of chapter number two. Uh, and so he, Mordecai, exposes this plot uh, to kill the king, uh, and, uh, and it was revealed, Esther reveals this to uh, Xerxes in the name of Mordecai, uh, and, uh, and this is written down in the book of Chronicles, all right? So as things take place in history, those things are written down, uh, and so he gets credit for uh, exposing this plot, uh, and uh, the king uh, was saved. In chapter number three, uh, there's a man whose name is Haman. Uh, the son of Hamadatha, the Agagite, and advanced him, and had set his seat above all the princes that were there. So here's a guy uh, that Xerxes had elevated. Uh, And at one point, uh, this man, uh, Haman, decided that he was going to have everybody uh, bow to him and worship him. In fact, uh, people think that he wore an idol uh, around his neck. Uh, and was one of the reasons why Mordecai would not bow to him uh, was because of this idol. Uh, one of the other things I want you to think about just for a moment about Xerxes, uh, one of the character traits that he had, he was a very jealous, uh, very um, uh, possessive king, uh, especially when it came to uh, Esther, Vashti uh, before that, uh, and, uh, and uh, concubines and all the other different things. She shouldn't have been there, uh, and uh, she was, she's entered into something. There was all kinds of impure, not right things that took place through this whole process. Are you with me? Uh, Esther was not uh, a moral, virtuous woman. She just wasn't. Uh, and, uh, and we read here in chapter number three that Haman wanted people to bow. Mordecai decides that he's not going to do that. Uh, then Haman decides that he's going to put a plot together. We read about that in verse number 
uh, 8 of chapter number 3, And Haman said unto the king, Xerxes, uh, There is a certain people scattered abroad and dispersed among the people in all the provinces of the kingdom, and their laws are diverse from all the people. Neither keep they the king's laws. Therefore, it is not the king's profit to suffer them. If it please the king, let it be written that they may be destroyed, and I will pay 10,000 talents of silver to the hands of those that have charge of the business to bring it unto the king's treasuries. All right. And so the king took the ring from his hand and gave it to Haman. Uh, and uh, the king said to Haman, The silver is given to thee, the people also, uh, to go with them as it seemeth good to thee. Letters were sent out to all the provinces, uh, and, uh, and they basically came up with a date. Uh, they did, uh, they cast lots, which they call it uh, uh, pure, P U R, cast lots, figured out the date. The date was going to be the 13th day of, of Agar, uh, and of Adar, rather, and that's when all the Jews were going to be exterminated in all 127 providences uh, uh, that were under the leadership of King Xerxes. Uh, and uh, so, verse chapter number four uh, when Mordecai perceived all that was done, he rent his clothes. Uh, as what they would do, that they would rend their clothes, they'd be in sackcloth and ashes, realize uh, that there's this plot to kill everybody was, uh, was taking place, uh, and he went before the king's gate. And you couldn't go before the king uh, in, uh, in sackcloth, uh, and so um, Hadassah, Esther, sees that, uh, that that's the case and asks him to, to, to change his clothes, and he wouldn't do it. Uh, and it gets us into where we read a moment at the beginning of the service. Uh, she, uh, Mordecai um, begs her to go before the king. Uh, but you just couldn't go before the king. Uh, you had, if you went before the king and the king didn't want you there, uh, you, were a, you were a dead man or a dead woman. Uh, and, uh, and so here's, here's where they're at. Uh, it's, she, it was either she made the choice to do what she does here in chapter number five. She did it because she was facing certain death or potential death. Um, certainly, she was going to die with all the Jews on the 13th month uh, of, of, of Agar, Adar, uh, and, uh, and or... Um, she could go before the king and just maybe, just maybe, uh, she could uh, work these things out and potentially uh, she would not be killed. So going to be killed with the rest of the Jews, could go before the king uh, and he could uh, kill her anyway. Uh, and or uh, she could go before him uh, and, uh, and hatch a plot uh, to, uh, to help the Jews uh, and potentially uh, she would live. So the scriptures teach us in chapter number five. Now it came to pass, verse number one, on the third day that Esther put on a royal apparel and stood in the inner court of the king's house over against the king's house. And the king sat upon his royal throne in the royal house over against the gate of the house. Uh, and so if you can imagine, the king's over uh, against the gate. Uh, she's uh, across the way. Uh, and, uh, and she's just all, she's just all gussied up uh, and uh, all dressed up uh, and, uh, and catches uh, the eye of the king, uh, he with his scepter, as the law would be, he's like, okay, uh, and, uh, and chooses her. Uh, she comes over uh, and, uh, and he says to her, Queen Esther, what do you want? Uh, and she says, I want to have a feast uh, with you and Haman. Uh, and, uh, and then the king all that night stayed up uh, and was, and I believe, uh, was probably wondering why in the world that his beautiful wife Esther uh, wants to have a feast with Haman. 
Uh, and uh, so he's thinking about stuff, and he's up, uh, and he asks for the, the book of the Chronicles to be brought to them. I'm, I'm, uh, I know I'm running short on time. I'm going I'm to give you a long explanation or a long introduction with a very short application. All right? Uh, and so he's, he can't sleep. He asks for the book of the Chronicles to come in, and they read from the book of Chronicles the story of Mordecai uh, and revealing uh, to, uh, to um, the king about this coup. Uh, and so in the morning, Haman makes his way um, to the palace, and, uh, and on the way, there's Mordecai, and Mordecai doesn't bow, and it, and it ticks Haman off. And so he says to his buddies, go and build gallows uh, that uh, are 100, uh, basically 150 feet, 50 cubits, 150 feet high, and they're gonna, he's going to go before the king and tell the king that this guy, Mordecai, is not following through, and we're going to hang him on the gallows. Uh, today and so he goes into the king, uh, and the king before Amon could say anything, the king says, "Hey, let me ask you some questions. Uh, what would you do to a guy who uh, basically um, reveals a plot and saves the king, and uh, and on and on and on? Uh, well, how would you bless somebody, give honor?" And so Haman thought, "Oh, he's going to give honor to me," uh, but the honor was given to Mordecai. Uh, and, uh, and now his plans were foiled, and they show up, uh, Haman, uh, this next day to this feast. And long story short, uh, she, um, the king went out because he was, he was upset and angry, uh, and, uh, and when, uh, when it was revealed to him uh, that Haman wanted to kill the Jews and kill uh, Mordecai and, uh, and reveals that she herself uh, is a Jew, uh, and he goes out because he's upset, and while he's out there, Haman decides he's going to beg uh, at the feet uh, of, uh, of Esther for his life. Uh, the king comes in and finds him on her couch, uh, and, and then hangs him on the gallows that he had prepared uh, for Mordecai. Uh, and, uh, and then goes on to uh, the, the, the king allowed for them to defend themselves. And, uh, and uh, there's a celebration that the Jews practice to this day uh, that celebrates the deliverance. Uh, it's the Feast of Purim that they practice that commemorates this whole event. It is, it is a weird dark, strange story in the Bible. And it's why we don't read it. It's, it's why we don't, we don't draw a lot of things from it. But I'm going to draw two things from it today uh, that I think is going to be helpful to you. Here's the first one. Um, there are three kinds of messes in life. There are the messes that you make uh, of your life. There are um, people that are living in messes that somebody else has made for them. Uh, and there are people who are just living in the messiness of the world. Uh, and, uh, and I don't know where you're at right now, but I know where some of you are at uh, in regards to all of this. Uh, but we're, we live in a sin-sick world. Uh, we live in the mess of the world. Uh, and there's times, especially in 2020, in the middle of coronavirus, in the middle of an election season, uh, where you feel like, uh, like you're alone. Uh, you feel like the world is a mess, and what is God doing, and where is God, and how come he's not, uh, and you're just wondering. You know the Bible says he'll never leave you nor forsake you, uh, but it just seems like uh, some days he has. That's just how you feel. We know he hasn't, but, but what is truth in Scripture and how we perceive truth or how we feel about truth sometimes are two different things. Uh, and, uh, and so her choice was not a choice of courage. Uh, it was desperation. 
Uh, it was certain death or potential death. She chooses potential death, uh, thinking, well, maybe this will all work out. Uh, and here's the first application. Wherever you are and wherever you're at with the difficulties or problems of life, you need to know that God is there, whether you see Him or not. Um, God is big enough that He can use tragic circumstances. Uh, he is big enough uh, that He can use our bad decisions. Uh, God is big enough uh, that He can use our sinful choices, our dire circumstances uh, to accomplish His purpose and His plan. That is why as a pastor, uh, I, want you to make good, I want you to make good decisions. I want you to, I want you to live right and to do right. Uh, I want you to walk with God and to pray and to come to church and uh, to get involved and to grow. Uh, but that's not what every Christian does. And as a pastor, I have to believe with all of my heart that God is going to work out His purpose and His plan and His sovereignty in your life, even though you at that time are not a willing participant in it. Uh, and so I just pray. I just pray that God will reveal Himself. I just pray that God will work things out. Uh, and, uh, and so that means that, uh, that you know, for every Daniel uh, there is in the Bible uh, who has a clear vision of God, knows what there's going to do, there are a thousand Esthers who stagger and stumble and just fall through life and fall into the will of God uh, and uh, because they're in desperation and there's a lack of alternatives and that's just, just right where they are. And, uh, and, but it's okay because God is there. God is not anywhere in Esther visibly uh, in this story, but He is there behind the scenes working everything out and he, is, and he is using Esther, and he's using Mordecai. When you get into chapter number 5, uh, and they've asked everybody uh, to fast, uh, there's every single Jew, no matter, it didn't matter what their opinion of Esther was. Uh, I guess if I was a, a, a Jew or a Jewess at that time, and, uh, and they're all sneaky moto in the king's palace and eating all the good food and everything else, there might be a tinge of jealousy. Uh, and uh, so there are probably all kinds of, uh, of opinions about, uh, about her that weren't good ones. But there's every single Jew, when this law was passed, they were rooting for her when she went in before the king. They were fasting. They knew what it was all about, and the decree had been passed, and the date had been set, uh, and they were just kind of hoping. So, so point number one uh, is that God is there, uh, and he can, take, he can get the glory through a death of a loved one. Um, God uh, can accomplish His purpose and His plan through your cancer. Uh, if we don't believe that God can do that, then what's the alternative? God is there and He's always there. So there's a personal application in the book of Esther where we don't know that God is there, God is present, and He's working uh, in His purpose and His plan out in His sovereignty uh, when you don't even see that he's there. Because I've, I've talked to you, and you're like, Pastor, I, I feel like God's just left me. I feel like God's not even there. Uh, what do I do? And I'll say things like, you just got to trust God. And because he's not visible or whatever, you just have a hard time doing it. I want you to read the book of Esther and realize that God is working behind the scenes. Uh, and, uh, and he's working things out uh, according to his sovereignty, even though you're not a willing participant. Uh, you go kicking and screaming oftentimes. I do. I'm not all the time, God says, hey, do this. And I'm like, all right, uh, let's go. There's a lot of things in my life. I'm like, man, I don't want to do that. 
but it's got to be done. It's desperation time. It's the circumstances called for it. Uh, and so we step out in faith, not knowing what God is going to do, uh, but it wasn't like, you know, hey, I knew the, that victory was going to take place. No, uh, I, it was either death or potential death. And we stepped out anyways, and God blessed. That's application number one. Here's a second application, a political one. Um, I've heard this my whole life as I um, got involved in politics and things. People would say, we're not, we're not voting for pastors. Uh, we're vo- voting for politicians, this and that. So I'm just, I'm just going to throw this out here. Um, when, we, when you've heard this phrase for such a time as this, uh, it probably in one way or another has been applied uh, to politics. Why? Because, because there's a lot of that what's going on in the book of Esther. It's a lot of things taking place. Uh, and here's, I want you to think about this. Sometimes God, for His purpose, uses people who are not moral uh, in His sovereignty to accomplish His purpose and His plan for such a time as this. Here's what I mean by that. Now, uh, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm, voting, I'm voting for Trump. There's no secret about that. I just don't think you can be uh, a Bible-believing Christian uh, and vote for a platform that kills babies and everything else. Um, I'm, I'm voting that way. Uh, but, I'm, but to be completely transparent, honest, I don't like Trump as a person. Uh, and um, and, uh, and I, I just don't. He's, it, I mean, through, through all of his life and everything else, and I, and I honestly believe, um, you know, you can't be talking about faith and religion and then, uh, and then cussing and swearing and whatever on the news and whatever. There's so many, uh, all politicians, every one of them, when it comes time for, uh, for votes to be cast, they become all things to all men, okay? I hope that he's saved. I hope that uh, all those things, I do hope that, uh, but he has not been a moral man. Uh, but I also believe uh, that he was placed where he's at by the authority of God. And I believe, by the way, that Obama was, because all authority comes from God. And that they're placed according to his purpose and his plan, uh, and, uh, and he works. And it, the Bible says the king's heart uh, uh, is in his hands. Uh, and he works in the affairs of men, uh, and he does in his sovereignty what he does. Uh, and I believe... Uh, that for such a time as this, I mean, all the judges, the Supreme Court thing, all of that, uh, uh, there's a purpose and a plan that God has in working things out. And so even though I don't agree uh, with somebody morally, um, we need to understand that in the Bible, uh, we have a whole book uh, that is dedicated to the very fact that God will use people who shouldn't be where they, where they are, uh, who aren't what they say they are, uh, who are immoral, uh, not doing the right thing, uh, and God is working out uh, a plan uh, all of His own. And, uh, and so I want to encourage you, if you have a personal issue and a personal problem, that God is present and He's working things out. Uh, and that when it comes to things like elections, we can trust in God uh, and, uh, and say that, uh, that he's going to place uh, in the White House or whatever, it's his authority, and you can detach from that uh, and not get involved in the process, and I think that's a huge mistake. I think every single one of us should vote. I think everyone should be in, a part of that process. Uh, I've, heard people, I've heard people say in this church, I'm not even going to vote this year, and I hope that's not the case. Uh, that is completely 100% irresponsible on your part. You need to vote. 
Uh, and uh, if there ever was a time in our state, as long as I've been here, and probably as long as any of you have lived here, uh, of a chance of things changing, it would be this year uh, in votes. And so this would be the year not to. Uh, uh, not to. What is that sound coming from? <laughs> so uh, it's like ding, ding, ding. Uh, and uh, well, anyways, uh, I will try to ignore it uh, if you can ignore it. Um, but um, if there was a year uh, that we should vote, this would be the year. Uh, and, uh, and you don't have to, uh, the person uh, who is in the White House uh, doesn't have to be uh, as, as squeaky clean uh, as we all want, because we are not voting a pastor in. He is a pastor in the sense he's a leader. If we think about the Old Testament scriptures about pastors and leadership, yes. And we want morals and we want those different things. But for such a time as this, um, God will use those things. So, I, Pastor, I just don't, I just don't like at all um, how you're making an application from the book of Esther. Um, what other application do you got from the book of Esther? I'd like to hear it. Uh, because, because there just really isn't a whole lot of other ones. And so, so just recently in reading in, in, in some of these small books in the Bible, I was reminded of this passage of Scripture, uh, and, and it's like the Holy Spirit, just like, you know, um, yeah, um, it's, it's not even, it's not the whole, what's that people say, I'm just going to bite my tongue or plug my nose, and I'm going to whatever, and I'm going to cast my votes. Um, you just need to understand and know God's, God is in control. Uh, and, uh, and there are choices to be made uh, in this upcoming uh, election uh, process uh, that it's, just, it's, it's, it's light and dark. Uh, it, is, uh, it, it is so clear uh, that you just cannot miss it. And I hope you don't. And so I want you to see the political application uh, as well in the book of Esther. As the story goes on and, and uh, as you read it, uh, and uh, the Jews are uh, delivered, and they fight a battle, and they take the ten sons of, of Haman, and they, uh, they hang all of them, uh, and, uh, and just rid the whole uh, world of, uh, of that guy and his family. And, uh, and of course, they celebrate uh, the deliverance into the future. Uh, who would have thunk uh, that God would have done all of that um, because some guy uh, brings uh, his orphan daughter um, in a place where they shouldn't be, uh, and all that went on uh, in the choosing of her as a queen, and it wasn't because it wasn't because she had a four point six. What is that? Four point six? What? Six nine? <laughs> That's pretty smart. It wasn't because she was because she was went to Berkeley that she was chosen. It was because she was pretty. That's it. Uh, and uh, and uh, she was chosen, and God did all those things through all that immorality and all that dumb stuff, uh, and God just works it out. And aren't you glad that God works stuff out when you do dumb things? You're either in a mess that you made, a mess that somebody else made for you, or you're in a messy world. There's messes everywhere, and God is good, and he's good all the time. 
and God's going to bring us through. And 2021 is going to come, and 2022 is going to come, uh, and uh, election day is going to pass, and we're going to get beyond the coronavirus and all these different things. And, and if the Lord tarries, uh, and we're going to look back at all this, you know what we're going to say five years, ten years from now? God's a sovereign God, and he's in control. Uh, we didn't see how he was going to work it out, but he did. Uh, and all these things and all this mess, whatever, I thought I wasn't going to survive when Obama was voted in. But I'm still here, and I'm still taking nourishment. And, uh, and, uh, and God's just going to bring us through. So are you personally stressed out? <laughs> are you politically stressed out? Um, you got a weird book in the Bible uh, that straightens all that stuff out for you. God is there, and he's in control. Aren't you glad? Say amen. Let's all stand this morning with our heads bowed and our eyes closed. and maybe.